Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I got to deal with some breaking news here out of the gate. It actually is rather important news I think everybody needs to know about. It looks like Congress is going to pass legislation to avert a pending rail strike. Uh, The Biden administration met with uh, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer at the White House. Kevin McCarthy came out and said it does look like they're going to pass something. Uh, There is a pending rail strike in the nation. McCarthy says uh, that Congress has to rush this through to stop rail strikes, suggests the economy is not as strong as the Biden administration says, and there is a problem you all probably need to know about that depending on where you live, you might not know. The Mississippi River is in a drought, a really significant drought right now. Uh, Despite the rain some of us have experienced, and in fact, we're expecting bad rain to roll through middle Georgia this evening where I am in, in the eastern seaboard, um, the Mississippi is is water starved due to a lack of rain. Now, what does that have to do with rail? Well, uh, if you've ever been on or near the Mississippi River, you see a lot of barges floating up and down the river. Uh, a single barge can carry as much dry cargo as 16 rail cars or even 70 trucks. So a 15 barge tow keeps 1,050 trucks off the highway. Uh, They also can transport liquids uh, pretty efficiently. One tank barge moves as much as 46 rail cards or 144 trucks. Here's a problem. 92% of our nation's ag exports flow down the Mississippi River to New Orleans. 92% of our ag exports. um, I I shouldn't say that. but a predominant portion of our agricultural exports float down the Mississippi. 92% of the nation's ag exports uh, come through the Mississippi Delta by train, truck, or boat. Most of it comes by boat. Uh, With the Mississippi River as low as it is, the barges cannot float. The barges are getting stuck on sandbars, and they're having to move slowly, They're having to move in daylight. They're having to move uh, deliberately. They're having to dredge parts of the river for them to be able to flow. If you fly over the Mississippi River right now, you can actually see where the dredging has taken place because the color of the river has changed where the, the deeper water is. It's so obvious at this point because the river is so low. So if we have a railroad strike... Uh, the ag exports that are being uh, put on trains because they can't float down the Mississippi River, they're not going to be able to float. They're not going to be able to be on trains. Uh, that will overwhelm trucking capacity. We don't have enough trucking capacity. So it actually is not just an economic but a national security issue for 
a rail strike to go into effect at this moment, given the drought on the Mississippi River. Again, uh, just to put this in perspective for you, the majority, overwhelming majority of our ag exports in this country uh, float down the Mississippi River from the Midwest. Uh, they go on the Missouri and Ohio into the Missouri River. They float down the river. Uh, they exit uh, in New Orleans or go through the intercoastal waterway to other various ports where they are loaded onto ships and sent abroad. Uh, they These barges on the Mississippi hold more than trains or tractor-trailer trucks can, and they can't move right now because the Mississippi River is so slow. You add or so low, rather not slow, you add on top of that a rail strike, uh, in addition to disrupting the food supply in this country, you're going to disrupt the food supply globally. It becomes a major issue. So they're having to have Congress engage in some capacity on this rail strike. Uh, otherwise, it's going to screw up our ag industry. It's going to screw up exports. It's going to screw up a lot, unfortunately. Um, you would like to think that the railroad workers and the railroad companies could come to terms. They have not been able to. And Congress is going to intervene. I hope in their intervention, however, they will be mindful of a lot of these real workers who they get uh, an allotted number of days off, which isn't that many. And those allotted days off are for everything, uh, health, vacation, bereavement, you name it, uh, missing to go to your school's events. That's been one of the chief aggravating complaints of those in the rail industry is their time off. They're well-paid. They don't deny they're well-paid, but the the comparable benefits and vacation and things like that are are bad. And you're also in, in a labor shortage in the rail industry right now as well. All of these things are complicating the situation. But that's, I wanted you to understand this out of the gate. Uh, the meeting is just broken up at the White House. Kevin McCarthy saying it looks like they are going to get this through. Nancy Pelosi in agreement. McConnell and Schumer pledging to clear the decks of the Senate to get something done to stop this from happening, this um, railroad strike. And the chief reason they want to avert the railroad strike is because the drought has lowered the Mississippi so much that you can't offload the rail capacity onto the barges of the Ohio, Missouri, and Mississippi right now, uh, which is going to cause a major calamity for ag, not just exports, but the ag industry in the United States generally with the flow of commerce in the country. Now, I, I have handled the, the, the rail strike expertly explaining the problems. Now I want to move on to the stuff I wanted to talk about out of the gate today. I want to play you audio. This is um, Christy Nome, the governor of. Where do you see the? Uh, sorry, uh, the governor of South Dakota, on with Sean Duffy on Fox News. Where do you see the future of the GOP going? Is is do you support Ronald McDaniel? Should someone else have that position? This is the lead spot of, of running campaigns and raising money. How should the GOP move forward? Listen, Sean, we need to win. I mean, that's just the fact. Our, our kids' future depends on it. So, uh, you know, we really all have a responsibility to message what Republican policies bring to this country. And I don't know of uh, a party that can continue to lose like we have and keep their jobs. I don't know a party that can continue to lose like we have and keep their jobs. That's Christy Nome on with Sean Duffy on Fox News. Rona McDaniel has decided she's going to launch an autopsy to figure out why we did so bad in 2022. 
Do you know one of the people that Rona McDaniel is going to put on the autopsy committee? That would be Blake Masters, who, according to Republican focus grouping, did worse than any candidate ever in the focus grouping, and who blamed Mitch McConnell for his lack of spending in the race. I don't actually think McConnell spending or not in that race did anything with Blake Masters when Blake Masters underperformed the rest of the GOP by 11%. And I thought he had a chance, had him on the show, but he wasn't a great candidate. And I think that's obvious. And putting a bad candidate who blamed everyone but himself for his loss on an autopsy committee uh, sounds more like CYA than it does actually understanding what's going on here. Auburn has fired its football coach and brought in, uh, what's his name, Hugh Freeze, uh, a a coach marred in scandal, but Auburn doesn't care about scandal. It cares about winning football games. And it hasn't won a lot of them. Auburn just wants to win. Who can blame them? Uh, Republicans should just want to win. If the RNC were a college football team, Rona McDaniel would have been fired after 2018. But the Republican committee men and committee women, of whom I know some, and some are probably listening right now, and I'm trying to be respectful of them, who I do know and respect, but they see the RNC differently than the rest of us. And the rest of us see an RNC where the party, the Republican Party, has lost three elections in a row. And we're looking at this thinking, you got to change the fundamentals. An autopsy doesn't cut it. Republican committeemen and committee women look and they say, well, it's not really her fault. Is it really the coach's fault when a football team loses a game? LSU, I'm not a big fan of the coach. I think the coach should have been fired. But they went from losing several bad games to winning the SEC West. They'll play Georgia in the SEC championship. And then they had a uh, turd burger of a game against Texas A&M. Was that really the coach's fault considering he turned them around and got them to a 9-2 and record heading into that A&M game? It was a disastrous game. They should have been able to win. I mean, for God's sakes, Auburn beat Texas A&M. LSU should have. It's like they gave up. They didn't want to put their heart into it. I guess they were afraid of getting injured before they faced Georgia. I don't know. Still think the coach should have been fired, so maybe not the perfect analogy, but given what the coach was able to do, can you say that that game was the coach's fault? Probably not. But if you continue to have games like that, particularly over three football seasons, you're going to get rid of the coach. Why won't the RNC get rid of the coach? I know these people are friends with the chairwoman. I know they view the RNC as a vessel more for raising money to help candidates than for anything else, but at some point there is an operations mechanism that the chairman is ultimately responsible for, and here ultimately is the problem. Donald Trump met with Kanye West. Donald Trump met with Kanye West, who is going through a mental health crisis, a breakdown, and in the process sees Jews everywhere in charge of destroying his life when he was called to account on a friendly podcast. He bolted, refused to answer very mild questions about are the Jews really in control of things. 
Donald Trump met with that guy, and that guy brought a real white supremacist, a white supremacist who compared the Nazis putting Jews in the ovens of concentration camps to baking cookies. Donald Trump met with both of them. And you, like I, can say, well, Trump may not know who Nick Fuentes is. He probably doesn't. He says he doesn't take his word for it. He had to have known about Kanye West, but let's give him the charitable benefit of the doubt. He had no idea that Kanye West was in an absolute anti-Semitic, anti-Jew meltdown. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say that's true. He's still responsible for his staff. And this is yet another screw-up by his staff. And when you throw the staff under the bus constantly, the problem ultimately is you and who you pick for staff. When you are the chairman or chairwoman of the Republican National Committee and you've had three terrible elections, it's you, not them. You are the one in charge. The donors of the RNC are going to have to stand up and be heard on this. The consultants win whether Republicans win or not. They all get big commissions. They get bigger ones with win bonuses, but they still do quite well. They can still pay for their mountain houses and their beach houses and their private flights in many cases. Someone's got to be held responsible. Having an autopsy. You know, in 2012, the Republicans had that stupid autopsy. You know what they did? They affirmed their priors. They said, oh, well, we, the RNC elite, believe that immigration is the big problem. And you know, if only the Republicans had gone with amnesty and then you fast forward all these years, we're picking up Hispanic votes. Turns out that was crap, but they confirmed their priors. You and I both know all this committee is going to do is confirm their priors. It had nothing to do with all the things we don't want it to have anything to do with and everything to do with all the stuff we wanted to be blamed on so we don't get the blame. At some point, the chair has to fall on the sword because you've lost three in a row. Christy Nome is right. You don't have a three-season losing record blown out of the water all three times and say, hey, let's give you a fourth one. We'll start paying you a lose bonus. Win big, we'll give you something, but you lose big, we'll pay you even more. That's essentially what's going on here with Rona McDaniel. Every time she loses, she gets to get back in the job. The same happens on the state level. For God's sakes, the Republicans in Georgia keep getting blown out of the water, and the Republican Party in Georgia keeps putting David Schaefer in charge. It's gotten so bad the governor in Georgia has had to set up a leadership pack and get the donors to give him the money so they can start winning again since the state party in Georgia seems to subsidize losing. You're going to keep getting the same results when you keep putting the same people in charge. Ultimately, it is their fault. You may say it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's all these other problems. Ultimately, it comes to them. When the football team keeps losing, you fire the coach. It's time to fire the chair of the RNC and start over. And that so many of you who are committee men and committee women of the RNC can't even contemplate doing that. Don't think it's their fault. Well, what are you even doing? Do you want to win or do you just want a non-confrontational cocktail hour? with the chair of the RNC. It's time to change the top. 
And the donors of the GOP need to hear this. And it's the donors of the GOP because the RNC, the chair's chief problem is raising the money. And the donors, if you want to start winning and not having your money wasted, it's time for you, the donors of the Republican Party, to stand up and with a clear voice say, Rona McDaniel is unacceptable for the RNC in the future. Clean house, start over, and win. The holidays are the most exciting time of the year, and if you want to enjoy them to the fullest, you need to get the best night's sleep ever, which is why you should be sleeping under Bolin Branch sheets. They're made of the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. And I got to tell you, I was on my front porch the other night. I'm just going to go off the script they gave me and tell you, I convinced a friend of mine through this ad you're hearing right now to buy them. And he said he and his wife got them and she couldn't believe he paid for Bolin Branch sheets. They're not that expensive. He took advantage of the deal, but she's like, oh, sheets like this, they must be super expensive. They're not. And then she was like, really? That was after the first wash. Now they've had them for two years, and he says they are the softest sheets ever. Every wash, they get softer and softer. I'm telling you, he's a believer. And now his wife's like, can't we buy Bowling Branch for every bed in the house? And he's like, we can, and they're going to because they're the best sheets. So here now with Christmas, it's time to take advantage of this incredible deal. 25% off site-wide plus free shipping when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolinBranch.com. That's BolinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. Promo code ERIC, offer ends December 4th. Like my friend, who's a preacher, yes, they get softer every wash. They're the best sheets you will own. BolinBranch.com, promo code ERIC, offer ends December 4th. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You know, I'm I'm looking at this. Um, Who is this putting this out there? Uh, Chandler Rome is the Astros writer for the Houston Chronicle. In an acknowledgement today, he personally felt the Astros had gone too analytics heavy under James Click. Jeff Bagwell, former coach of the Astros, said, there are certain things that go on that the numbers can't explain. The game is played by humans, man. It's not played by computer. I talked to Jim a lot in the new AGMs just to give my opinion on some of the things I see and how I see it from a player's perspective and I guess a front office perspective and how it all mixes together. You have to have a mix of both. You can't just have it one way. Now, you're wondering what's going on here. Well, the Astros won the World Series. James Click has a World Series championship. His contract has expired, and James Click has rejected a a one-year contract offer from the Astros. Uh, The team has announced they're going to part ways with him. But here's the thing. You've got a former coach saying that um, there are certain things that go on the numbers can't explain, and I think people know that, but that the Astros had gone too analytics-heavy under James Click. James Click is the dude who just won you the World Series, and you, the former coach, are going to complain? I mean, this is very much strikes me as the whole RNC scenario again. 
how are you people at the RNC justifying keeping Rona McDaniel? You like her? You think she does a good job at raising money? What? She's got a loss record that would get any coach fired. I mean, and ultimately, what is the job of the RNC? Uh, you on the RNC, I guess you say, well, fundraising, fundraising, and, and she's got to raise money. She's got to raise money. This is why it's going to take a donor revolt to get rid of her because uh, these RNC guys, I mean, you look at Lee Zeldin and what he did in New York, turned things around there. He lost but helped so many other people win. The Republicans were able to take the House of Representatives, and you don't want to reward that guy? I bet you he could raise the money too. She's not indispensable, and when you treat her like that, she behaves like that, and you keep losing. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They've built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am very glad to have you. I've got to talk about, well, unfortunately, the the whole Kanye West thing a little more. We're going to leave Trump out of this. Best we ignore him anyway. I do need to provide for you a stunning contrast. Um, We will have the show notes out here shortly. You should perhaps subscribe to our Substack because uh, you're going to find a bunch of stuff in our Substack you're not going to find elsewhere. One of the, the things that I try very hard to do is to focus on the actual news of the day, not just the stuff that riles up conservatives on a daily basis, but the actual news of the day so that you are way more informed than other people. I hope you'll consider subscribing. If you text the word data to 33777, you can click the very first link and subscribe to the Substack, get the show notes, everything I'm talking about on radio, all the links, they're in there. In addition to a bunch of other stuff, it's show prep for your own mind. The second link will also be the gravy recipe that... Everyone loved the call yesterday uh, from Marie. Everybody loved that call. I've had more people talk to me about that phone call than any call I've ever gotten on this program. Uh, and I am I am deeply appreciative for her call and for your kind comments about her call and her kind comments about Victor. Now, let me move on. There, well, it, it, it speaks for itself, I think. This happened short time ago. Ron DeSantis, at a press conference, said this. The people in China are finally speaking out. We need these draconian COVID policies to go to the ash heap of history where they belong. Zero COVID policy is draconian. It violates people's liberties. It is completely unscientific. And then Ron DeSantis took it to Apple. 
Ron DeSantis criticized Apple for shutting down the ability of the protesters to protest. While Ron DeSantis was speaking, this is what Donald Trump was posting on social media. Rhino Carl Rove, a man with a losing record, the likes of which few political operatives would be able to get away with, including his loss to me in 2016, fights so hard and so stupidly, but is constantly on Fox News and the once great Wall Street Journal explaining how things should be done, and he doesn't have a clue. People can't stand him. A clone of even more unpopular Paul Ryan, who sadly runs Fox News, now on a very bad path, Rove is a deny, diner of dine, denier of deniers, which makes him a fool. <sighs> and also this. I was 232 to 22 in the midterm elections and still have to listen to Dems, Rhinos, and the fake news explain how poorly I did. Also, 98.6% of Republican nomination endorsements. Without my endorsement of Republican candidates, the numbers would have been a disaster. Same for 2018 and the corrupt election of 2020, where almost everyone won because and with the help of me, except me, and that's because the presidential election was rigged and stolen. So while Donald Trump is on social media, having a tirade about the 2020 election still. Ron DeSantis is in Florida taking Apple to task for censoring protesters in China and taking China to task for a lockdown that is unscientific. Now I need to take Trump out of the picture here and spend a few moments on Kanye West. Forget his meeting with Donald Trump, if you can. Some people can't. I got accused of downplaying anti-Semitism because I suggested on social media Republicans should have said something along the lines of uh, Donald Trump and his contemptible guests are not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about and thinking about crime and the economy and the future things that matter. Oh, well, you're downplaying it. If, if you don't say precisely the words the left wants you to say, you're downplaying whatever they think is terrible. And anti-Semitism and racism are terrible. Uh, but to ignore Trump and move on is not to downplay them. It's to move on to things that actually matter. And it implies that you don't think he does matter, which you can move on from. But there is something I think that we do need to pay attention to it has nothing to do with Donald Trump, and that is just Kanye West is clearly having a mental health breakdown. He is manic. We know he's bipolar. We know he already has issues. There are story after story after story, including the guy, what was it, the Zappos founder? Was it the Zappos founder? What, what A guy who uh, ultimately died in, in like a fire or something, and he was surrounded by people who gave him drugs, and he gave them drugs, and he gave them money, and they enabled all of his vices until he met an untimely death. And history is full of people like that who have hangers on, who have an entourage around them, who feed their vices, never tell them they're screwing up, never challenge them, pat them on the head, and then get the free plane ride. Kanye West appears to be surrounded with an entourage of enablers. He's going through a mental health breakdown, and he's putting it all on display, and it's ending badly for him. It's cost him a whole lot of money, billions. 
with a B. He surrounded himself with Mayo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes, two less than savory characters. A friend of mine this morning said, uh, Nick Fuentes, he's uh, not someone you need to know about. He is someone who helps us decide who needs to be purged from the mainstream conservative movement. And it's not a bad way to look at it. Ye revealed that Alex Jones' producer connected him with Yiannopoulos, who in turn brought Fuentes into the fold. It's a very interesting situation. As my buddy noted, uh, Fuentes is how he ends up becoming a signifier for who to write off and ignore as a variety of people end up endorsing and defending him. Michelle Malkin, then Kanye West. He's basically an ejection mechanism out of the respectable right. When you're quoting and defending Nick Fuentes, you are defending someone and hanging out with someone, giving a pass to someone who compared Jews in the ovens of the concentration camps to baking cookies. But this is about Kanye West. He's having a mental health breakdown. It is clear. And we, the American public, seem to enjoy watching the train wreck. I don't, but a lot of people do. And he's saying things for which maybe one day, if he is the Christian he has claimed to believe, he'll repent. But the whole thing strikes me as very unsavory. I actually, part of me feels bad for the guy. No one's offering to give him help. He doesn't seem to want to help. And the people around him are enabling the worst impulses of his mental health struggle and telling him it's a-okay. And that leads me to Sam Brinton, the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition at the Department of Energy. Sam Britton is the man who shaves his head, puts on lipstick and dresses, and is into pup play, which is a sexual deviancy of men who dress up as dogs to engage in sex acts, among other things. He charged with felony theft. He stole a Vera Bradley suitcase worth $2,325 from baggage claim at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport on September 16th, according to court documents. He uses they-them pronouns. He was captured on surveillance video grabbing the luggage and removing its ID tag, identifying the owner. He was later seen using the Vera Bradley suitcase on at least two occasions while traveling to D.C., He denied stealing the suitcase to police officers, but later claimed he took it by mistake and still had it in his possession. If I'd taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. He told the police officer, my clothes were in the bag. And then called back and said he was scared and he actually had taken the wrong suitcase. Now, I want to read for you how the New York Post actually writes this story. Britain, 
who uses they them pronouns was captured on surveillance video grabbing the luggage and removing its ID tag identifying the owner. They were later seen using the Vera Bradley suitcase on at least two occasions while traveling to Washington, D.C. Britain initially denied stealing the suitcase to police officers, but later claimed they took it by mistake and still had it in their possession, as opposed to he took it by mistake and still had it in his possession. Why are we humoring insane people? It is very clear that Sam Britton has mental health problems in the same way Kanye West has mental health problems. And the Biden administration and the American media are willing to humor Sam Britton, a man who shaves his head, puts on lipstick and dresses up in women's clothes and doesn't use masculine pronouns, but chooses to use plural pronouns. You know what it reminds me of? We are legion for we are many plural pronouns there too. Why is American society humoring people with mental health problems? People on the right, some of them are humoring Kanye West in a mental health breakdown, parading him on television and podcasts, promoting him, defending him, claiming there's nothing wrong and nothing to see. In the same way, people on the left parade people around like Sam Britton, who dresses up in women's clothes, uses they, them pronouns, and steals luggage. Of course, the man has mental health problems. And yet on the left, in the media, someone like that gets a pass. On the right, we got our own mental health struggles with Kanye West people giving him a pass. You got Candace Owens trying to convince him to buy her husband's company in the middle of his mental health crisis. Y'all, this is not healthy. This is not a good sign for our society when both sides, it is not just one side. It is not just one side humoring people with mental health problems. You've got people on the left embracing the entire transgenderism phenomenon and people like Sam Britton, and as if there's nothing wrong here, it's obvious there's a problem here. You didn't have to know when the man stole a suitcase belonging to someone else and lied to the police that he was struggling with mental health problems. The dude dresses up as a pup, dresses up in women's clothes, engages in sexual deviancy and refuses to accept he's a man and claims we've all got to use they, them pronouns to discuss him. And the man has some sort of security clearance with the Department of Energy. And we're giving him a pass, turning a blind eye to his behaviors. Forget the depravity, it's the mental health of it. And then you've got Kanye West doing the same thing on the right, where people are giving him a pass on his mental health problems. We need to be getting these people help. Some of them don't want help. I suspect in either side, neither of them think they have anything wrong with them. And what we in this country have started doing too often is we've started defining mental health out of the equation. So no, perfectly normal lifestyle decisions, perfectly normal behavior, perfectly normal things for some people to believe. Except it's not. And it harms not just other people along the way. It harms themselves. It harms Kanye West. It harms his loved ones and his family. It harms the people who get harmed by others who are inspired by his statements. Same with Sam Britton. He doesn't realize he's harming himself, but he's certainly stolen someone's luggage now and will pay a price for it 
Why are any of us humoring people with mental health problems in this country? They need help. They need our compassion. They don't need our hate. They need our compassion. But they don't need us to treat any of this as normal. But too many people are. All right, there's just no good way. You know, I'm known for my advertising transitions, but there's just no good way to transition out of that to this. But I got to tell you about AFP, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, If you are a conservative activist in this country and you wish to be a part of a real movement, you should consider reaching out to Americans for Prosperity. All you do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, You can join AFP. What is AFP? Americans for Prosperity is one of the few conservative organizations left that has been unwavering in its commitment to free markets and free people. There are a lot of great conservative organizations out there. This one's just been consistently principled on this front. Uh, Through all the last couple of years, you've never had to guess where they stood. They were willing to take on Republican leaders when it was unpopular on the right to do so. They've taken on the left repeatedly. They are uh, condemned by the left all the time for what they do because they're so effective at it. They teach you to be a better activist, and you can join them by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. I'm on their board of advisors. I am one of their fellows. I love working with them. I've had a great relationship with them for years. They take conservatives and help them become better conservative, smarter conservative activists. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Don't forget, you can go sign up for the email. Text the word data to 33777. Text the word data to 33777. Uh, A listener emailed and said, great point on the RNC removing the chairman. Who would be a great replacement? Um, 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 Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, um, Lee Zeldin would be a great one. Lee Zeldin would be a great RNC chair. Now, why would Lee Zeldin be a great RNC chair? Because though Lee Zeldin himself did not win his race for governor, he found a path in New York that moved enough seats to the right that the Republicans were able to pick up the House of Representatives. Without Lee Zeldin's campaign in New York, the GOP would not have won the House of Representatives. No one really disputes this. Every county in New York ran at least three points to the right from where it had been in 2020. Uh, and historically, every single county in New York went to the right and every single one of them by at least three points. And that had everything to do with the Zeldin campaign, which came up short itself, but got closer than any Republican statewide in New York since 1994. It seems like this is a guy who knows how to stay on message, who supported Donald Trump, but did not feel the need to hump Donald Trump's leg the whole way through like Rona McDaniel has. Uh, and did so much on message that he was able to shift Congress. His campaign shifted the United States Congress to the GOP on the House side. I think he deserves it. I think he's earned it. I, I think he shows he's got what it takes. By doing that, put him in charge. I'm pretty sure he can raise the money. I don't think Rona McDaniel is single-handedly the indispensable person uh, to raise money. Other people can do it too. I think he can do it quite well. It's a reward for his performance. Uh, 
against someone who for three elections in a row has sunk the GOP ship. When you keep doing that over and over and over, why do you keep getting rewarded? Imagine if this was your college football team. Forget Auburn, any college football team. You you got three seasons in a row where things, and one of them in particular, are they're all going in your favor and you still come up short. Why would the college rehire you, give you another season? Why not fire you? Same goes for the RNC chair. The DNC would be firing their guy. If they had a blowout, the GOP should be doing the same on its side, given what happened on election day. 